Law Focus Podcast, bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Welcome to Law Focus, the show with the staunch focus on the law. We are at the intersection of delivering justice through legal rights. It's 7 p.m. here on VOW FM 88.1, and I am your guardian of the law, Basil Sharinda. We are in the last week of March and Easter is upon us and road safety is important as most South Africans will be on the travelling. Law Focus this week brings to the spotlight road accident statistics and the road accident fund. Roads in South Africa are managed by the Road Traffic Management Corporation and the road accidents and the composition thereof is covered by the road accident fund both under their respective legislations. So Section 2 of the Road Traffic Management Corporation Act provides for powers and resources to the corporation to eliminate the fragmentation of responsibilities. It also provides for strategic planning, um, the regulation, facilitation and law enforcement. So this Easter, thousands of youth South Africans are expected to take on the roads for holiday and religious trips. It is common every year and last year in 2017, over the weekend alone, uh, over a thousand motorists were caught speeding and over 800 uh, were driving without driver's licenses and without public driver's permits. Now, there was an increase of 51% of death tolls on the road. I mean, this is truly disturbing. Pertaining to accidents, the Road Accident Fund Act provides in Section 3 the objectives of the fund um, to be compensation uh, with regards to loss and damage that is wrongfully caused by the driving of motor vehicles and and their negligence thereof. Uh, In Section 4, it provides for powers and functions, that is administration of compensation, investigations and settling of claims uh, that may arise from the negligence of other drivers, either be it a pedestrian or be it a driver. Uh, the liability of the road accident fund is also established under Section 17 of the legislation, uh, whereby it states that the fund is obliged to compensate any person for any loss or damage that is caused by the negligence of any other driver. So, look, uh, do look forward to this road accident discussion. Later on the show, we will be speaking to the road accident fund uh, spokesperson, Offense. Please tweet us at VOWFM with the hashtag LawFocus. Before we get into that, we start the show with the hottest legal stories of the week. Here are the legal hotspots. Rounding up all, all the top stories of the week Legal Hotspots. For the legal hotspots of this week, we are looking at actually two stories uh, that are attended by two stories in between. Um, the former president, Jacob Zuma, will be appearing in the Devon High Court for fraud, corruption, uh, money laundering and racketeering. The story that is, that is attended by that story is actually that the DA has launched an application with uh, the uh, the North Houghton High Court uh, that the state is not supposed to pay for the legal fees of Jacob Zuma in that particular court battle. The second story looks at a man who actually faked being a quadriplegic so that he can defraud the road accident fund. Attendant to that uh, is a story about a man and a woman who are a couple who have also defrauded uh, the road accident fund. Jacob Zuma, the former president of South Africa, quite enunciated the former president of South Africa, will be appearing in the Devon High Court for fraud, corruption, money laundering and racketeering on the 6th of April 2018. This case relates to 783 questionable payments that Zuma allegedly received um, in the arms deal. Now, um, that particular case was one of the major cases that South Africans have been roving about because these charges were actually dropped in 2009, but now they are being reinstated. Now, there's a background to that because the Supreme Court of Appeal actually made a ruling in 2011 uh, and that ruling actually upheld the ruling that was made by 
a high court that the decision that was taken by the national prosecuting authority was actually uh, irrational now we all understand how that what, what that means it means that it violated section 6 subsection 2 of the of the promotion of of, of administration of justice act that is the paja act but the implications of it now meaning that that particular person acted in contravention with the law but also violated the rule of law in the constitution as found in, in, in section 6 and section 3 of the constitution now in that particular case Shabir Sheikh, who was the then financial advisor of Zuma, was convicted for corruption. So now these charges are being are being are being, are being reinstated by the current Sean Abrams, who is the now national director of public prosecutions. But now, because that there is a story for another day. What is far more interesting is that Jacob Zuma and the state attorney and and the presidency had actually signed a deal or rather a contract that should this this case convene the state would pay for his legal fees and Jacob Zuma would pay it back should he be found guilty. But now, DA has launched an application to court uh, for, for judicial review stating that no, actually the state attorney had no authority to oblige taxpayers to pay Zuma's legal fees. Now, this application was launched in the North Houghton High Court in Pretoria this Friday and Anton Ketz was one of the lawyers who were arguing in that court and he says that um, in this deal, um, the money spent on Zuma's legal fees must be paid back to the National Treasury because, well, the deal itself entailed that Zuma's fees would be paid by the state and he would pay back the money should he be found guilty. But Section 3.1 and Section 3.3 of the State Attorneys Act gives powers to the state attorney to determine when it is in the interest of justice uh, to handle a case and have the state pay for it. And he's arguing that in this particular case, that is not a case where it's in the interest of justice that the state must pay for it or that the taxpayer must pay for it. Let me explain why. He says that the government has no legitimate concern in this matter. It has no legitimate interest in this matter. This is a private matter that is between the president and, and, and the justice system. And he says that um, this is also a violation of the, 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 finance, the, the Public Finance Management Act in the sense that it does not, it, well, the, the Public Finance Management Act entails that uh, there must be a prevention of unauthorized, irregular, and fruitless expenditure, and losses resulting from criminal conduct shall not be covered by the state. So, Anton Kertz, the senior counsel, is arguing that there is a violation of the law, there is a criminal charge that is on the table, and because of that, the state cannot cover it. These are the losses that which uh, are caused by criminal conduct. Now, the legislation is clear in that regard. So, and I think that they have a stronger argument on the second argument rather than on the first of Section 3.1 and Section 3.3 of the State Attorneys Act. Because in, in that one is, is, is quite uh, drafted in broad strokes and gives the state attorneys too much power, but also opens up for a long uh, litigation or a long court battle, which is not necessary. But the Public Finance Management Act makes it quite quite easier for us to understand that there's no need for the for us as a state to pay for these fees. Uh, the former president must pay for his own legal fees. Now, on the second story, um, it's interesting to see how the road accident fund has actually been dealing with so much fraud, but also because that is the topic for tonight, and and you will be able to 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 join it together and understand why they are calling for a referendum for people to come and claim directly from the uh, road accident fund. But the law society is actually arguing against that and saying, no, do not do that. And you will also uh, find out later that some of, some of our, our, uh, some of our, of our guests are arguing against. 
Now, the story here was that there was a man uh, called Mohammed Ibrahim who faked that he was a paraplegic. Um, and because he faked so, he, he got compensation of over 5.6 million. In 2009, um, the the High Court um, ruled that the Rodriguez Fund must actually must actually pay this man so that he can modify his house and modify his car and also pay him for future medical expenses as a form of compensation. Because, because he argued that he was paralyzed from neck down and that he needed adult diapers. And also because he does not have an, he, has, he doesn't have the ability to function on his own. Now, the road accident fund, along with the Hawks, the Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, went on an investigation and found out that this man actually is not paralyzed and that he feigned these injuries uh, that, uh, and said that they were caused by an accident that he was not even a part of. But the, state, but, 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 but the attorney of Mohammed Ibrahim has actually argued against this and said that in actual fact you had a chance to appeal against the judgment that was given by the high court about his, his damages and his injuries and you didn't. And, 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 and on the other hand, there have been 20 medical uh, uh, doctors who have examined this guy and they said that he was actually quadriplegic. So, so it would be interesting to see how this case pans out. But attendant to that is a man and a woman who are in a relationship who were arrested trying to defraud the road accident fund and they have to appear now in the Devon Commercial Crimes Court for fraud and corruption that they've, they've intentionally misled uh, an authority. Uh, and then the road accident fund and the Hawks say that over 500 people are fraudsters and they are arrested every year. And you can imagine how many other people are not arrested. Uh, please uh, do not mind tweeting me at VowFM, a hashtag LawFocus, and those are our legal hotspots for this week. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. Welcome back to Law Focus, your point of legal information. This is the show where we bring you legal arguments straight to your ear. At the heart of this show rests a personal injury claim that arouses a discussion on the road accident fund and road accidents, particularly because this is Easter season and road accidents are imminent. So amidst many other cases of victims of road accidents uh, that have been filed against the road accident fund, uh, one of the most um, tragic cases uh, occurred in 2005. A pregnant woman was injured in a motor collision and her child was subsequently born with brain damage resulting from collision. So later on, we are going to speak to um, the claims manager of the road accident fund, uh, Mr. Offenser Kaupani, and he's going to tell us about uh, some of the damages that which can be claimed from the road accident fund. In particular, what needs to be understand that uh, the, road, the road accident fund uh, is a form of delict under our law, and it's claimed under it can be claimed under the equivalent action or under special damages. Now, under the equivalent action, you claim your past medical expenses, which are the common ones. Um, you claim um, you claim damages that which affect your pocket directly, which is what is commonly referred to as patrimonial damages. So, if you go to a hospital, for example. Um, purely because of the negligence of another. Like, for example, when you're in an assault and somebody uh, beats you up so bad that you need to go to a hospital and then you incur certain uh, expenses from the hospital, that person will be entitled to pay you back your money if you were to sue under delict. But because it's an assault and there's intention, you can also sue under criminal law. But now think of another form of damage uh, or, or injury to your, to your pocket, uh, like, like in this instance, an accident. Because of this particular person's negligence, now you're caught in a situation where you're, now you have to spend money out of your own pocket or many other forms. Now, the Road Accident Fund Act uh, provides for 
or for a statutory regime that which is special that which can provide for these for these damages at ease now in this particular case this pregnant woman first there's also natishira's fiction that which applies because this child was not yet born now natishira's fiction states that when a child is born uh, or, or when a child is injured while they're still in in a pregnant woman's stomach that child does not have legal personality. So a fetus in South African law does not have legal personality. So unless if that child is born alive, then that's when they can start claiming for things that occurred whilst there was still a fetus. And in this particular case, if this child is born with this brain damage, my argument would be that uh, they need to they need to be able to claim under Natishira's fiction for all the damages that, that arise from it. Now, the constitutional court in this case responded yes to my argument. But now on, we are going to have to speak to the road accident fund direct claims manager. I mean, this is still law focus. It's law. It's serious. Law focus, handing you your rights. Welcome back to Law Focus. It's law and it's serious. We are still talking road accidents and the road accident fund in particular and how it deals with negligence on the road. The Road Accident Fund is a social security safety net to the country and provides compulsory social insurance cover. So it covers all users on the roads, be it citizens, foreigners, or and against injuries sustained or death uh, arising from accidents. On the line, we have Road Accident Fund Direct Claims Manager, Mr. Offense Kwapani. Good evening, Mr. Offense. Uh, good afternoon and uh, good afternoon to your listeners as well. Ah, no, th- thank you for, for joining us. I mean, we, we are talking about a very serious issue. Since it's Easter, a lot of people will be traveling and we know from the statistics of last year that there are many deaths on the road. Um, and most of the, the, these deaths are caused by negligence of drivers. So what would you say that since you have a major backlog of claims... Uh, and actual actual estimates are, are, are that liability is going to grow to 300 billion or so in by 2021 why do you have so much backlog as the road accident fund okay uh, what is happening is that uh, as you have uh, correctly pointed out that uh, almost every day people are involved in in motor vehicle accidents on average in south africa there's about 49 deaths per day uh, as a result of, of um, road accidents. So uh, that's excluding those who have just been maimed or just got injured as a result. So uh, we do receive quite a lot of uh, claims. However, uh, because our, our system is fault-based, where we still have to investigate uh, the merits of the claim, see whether the person does qualify and and so forth. It takes a little bit of time for us to uh, settle all all the claims, but uh, we are as the road accident fund uh, trying our best to execute the mandate that uh, we have been given. Interesting. So, sir, I mean, mean, let let me press you a bit on the issue of um, assessing the merits of the case. What, what would what would be the pertinent uh, issues that which you assess when you assess the merits? Okay, the road accident fund act uh, denotes that for a person to 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 qualify, uh, the RAF has to be found liable. So what will happen is that we will look at uh, the status of the person uh, during the accident, whether were they a driver were they a passenger or were they uh, a pedestrian? 
so the passenger claims are much more easier to, to, to establish liability because all you need is to establish 1% negligence and then uh, you succeed with your claim. However, in terms of uh, driver's claims and, and, and uh, pedestrian claims, because there's a high likelihood that we might have to apportion the blame, we have to uh, dig deeper and find out exactly how the accident happened and also look at uh, the contributory negligence of the person that, that has claimed so we will rely on, on witness statements. We will request uh, dockets from uh, the relevant authorities. Uh, we will also look at, at uh, the accident report form uh, to see the versions that are quoted there, which would uh, ultimately assist us in coming to a conclusion in terms of uh, the RAF liability. I, I mean, one of the things that have been noted is that the REF has has made it has made an, an an open calling that people shouldn't use personal lawyers when they go to when they go to claim and most lawyers have also identified that sometimes the the road accident fund would um offer people uh, settlements that are lower than what they actually deserve in terms of the quantum of the damages uh, what would your comment be in that regard specifically when it comes to the issue of negotiation of the compensation and the settlement it is quite true that as the road accident fund, we do encourage people to come claim directly with us. Yeah. There are several uh, advantages to that. Firstly, is that uh, our services are for free. Yes. So, uh, whatever compensation that you will receive is yours, 100%. However, if you were uh, to use an attorney, it means that as per their power of attorney, they, they would be entitled to up to 25% of the total compensation that uh, we, would have, we would have given out. So secondly, as a road accident fund, we have increased our footprint so that we are able to reach all the communities. At present, we have uh, over just over 100 uh, uh, satellite offices based at hospitals where uh, people can go there and be assisted by our by our consultants to lodge claims and to keep them updated on uh, the progress in their claims. When coming to the issue of uh, under-settlement, as the REF, we pride ourselves in uh, executing our mandate as per the RAF Act and it also uh, denotes that we have to pay equitable and fair uh, compensation so before we compensate a person we would investigate all aspects of their claims all the the, the, uh, heads of damages that they might qualify for so by the time we make a decision we know that it is a fair decision, we would have taken you through all the steps, we would have taken you to all the required medical specialists who would assist us in, in, in coming to a conclusion. So it would be a bit unfair on the REF uh, to suggest that when people come directly, come clean directly, they, they, they would get uh, lesser compensation. <laughs> Interesting, sir. I mean, also looking at personal injury, 
can can one claim maybe loss of amenities or or or, or claim emotional support from the RAF? Well, a person that there, there, there are uh, different damages that uh, one would qualify for. Uh, if I can just uh, maybe go through a few of them. Firstly, there would be uh, past medical expenses and uh, future medical expenses. Uh, then we will have uh, general damages, which would be based on, on you qualifying uh, for those in terms of uh, uh, the serious injuries assessment. So that would, in a way, uh, uh, cover your loss of amenities of life because uh, that's what uh, general damages would, would, would in effect cover. And then we do also have a loss of earnings if a person is unable to return to work, whether temporarily or permanently, or even if uh, they have gone back to work, but uh, the, the, the medical experts that we would have engaged have indicated that a person would uh, maybe retire much earlier than they were supposed to. So uh, that would be loss of earnings. We do also have uh, funeral expenses. Uh, that one, a person who would have incurred funeral expenses in, in uh, burying the person who would have that as a result of the motor vehicle accident can do so. We also encourage people where the family is unable to uh, bury their loved ones, they can come through to the REF. We do have a panel of, of uh, funeral palace which we can appoint and to, to assist the, 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 the bereaved family, but that would then shift the right to claim from the family to the funeral parlor because now uh, the funeral parlor will then have to uh, claim for the services that they would have rendered. And then there is also loss of support where a person, uh, the breadwinner would have died and the surviving uh, dependents would uh, claim against the road accident fund so that uh, we put them back to the position they were in uh, before the accident. I can imagine how difficult it is to, uh, to manage that. But I mean, I mean, that's, that's the furthest we go. That's Mr. Offenso Kwabani, who is the who is the spokesperson of the road accident fund. Please, thank you very much. He's speaking about how how the road accident fund cover, covers past medical expenses, general damages if you qualify for serious inj- injuries as an assessment, loss of earnings, loss of support, and federal expenses. He also speaks about how um, how how you can claim directly if you don't have lawyers, but if you have lawyers, then then they, it's easy to settle. Uh, Mr. Offense, thank you for your contribution this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you for having us on your show. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure too. Uh, this is still Law Focus. Please t- uh, tweet us at VowFM, uh, hashtag uh, Law Focus. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with VowFM88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Law Focus, point, point of information. Welcome back to Law Focus, your point of information right here on VOW FM 88.1. You're still sitting with Basil Shirinda, and we just in the intersection of justice and legal rights. Um, we're still talking about road accident fund, some of the claims that which emanate from some of the accidents that which you South Africans experience. And on the line, we have an attorney from the DSC attorneys, 
um, Mr. Chris Smith, uh, who is currently a senior associate there, and he currently specializes in road accident claims against the road accident fund. Mr. Smith, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I mean, we, we are both aware that uh, this is Easter and um, a lot of accidents are imminent on the road uh, because many people will be traveling and some will be drunk and so forth and so forth. Can you please take us through through what the road accident fund is and if someone needs to claim, how do they start? Okay, it's actually quite a con- complex um, process, but I'll try to just... Um, simplify it really for, for the listeners. Yes. Firstly, if you are involved in a motor vehicle accident in South Africa, and when we're not really just talking about claims for injuries, you, in terms of the Road Accident Fund Act, can only claim from the Road Accident Fund. So the person or the driver that injured you is really just a witness to the issue and no longer a defendant in the matter. So all South Africans that are involved, that are injured, can only lodge a claim against the Road Accident Fund. Now, the Road Accident Fund is up by government, as you probably know, they are funded by a levy on the fuel price. So every time that you buy fuel or you buy a bus ticket or pay for a taxi, you're actually contributing to that fund. And that is really to enable all people in South Africa to be able to claim from them. You really have to distinguish uh, between different types of claims. You either have a claimant as a, you can either claim as a the driver of a vehicle, a passenger in a vehicle, or a pedestrian. Those are normally the three categories of um, claimants that we we're looking at. And when you then intend to proceed with a claim against the Road Accident Fund, there are really two legs of the claim, two sections of the claim. Firstly. You uh, have to show that the Road Accident Fund is liable to pay you, of course, for injuries that you sustained. And the way that you would do that is to show that your injuries were caused by someone else's negligence. And that's the reason why we distinguish between those three types of, of claimants. If you are a pedestrian or a passenger, the Road Accident Fund and the court will obviously look at what the driver did um, that caused injuries either the driver of the vehicle that you were in or another vehicle, in, if you were a passenger, another vehicle that you collided with. If you are the driver of the vehicle, then the course in the road accident fund will also look to see whether you contribute to that accident. And that will then have an effect on how much you can claim from the road accident fund. That is normally ex- expressed as a percentage. Also, when you are a pedestrian, for example, walking across the road or running across the road, the courts or the road accident fund might find that you may have contributed to that accident, in which case you will not qualify for a payment, 100% payment of your claim. Okay, so once you've established that you do have a claim against the road accident fund, you can then go and look and see what it is that you can claim from the road accident fund. In cases where a person is killed, for example, the dependence of that person, if they were a breadwinner, would be able to lodge a claim for the loss of support. And when you're looking at quantifying that claim, it will really mean that we need to determine what amount of money is now not being brought in by the deceased into the household. So that is normally claimed for dependents of the now deceased. And in terms of the Red Accident Fund Act, you cannot claim for the emotional shock and trauma and loss that you suffered, for example, if a parent or a spouse um, would have been killed in an accident. But when it comes to injuries themselves, there are five, we call it heads of damages, but it's really five categories that you can look at claiming from, from the Road Accident Fund. 
The first one would be for your medical expenses that you incur from the date of the accident till the date that the matter settles. So that's almost like a running account, and as you incur these costs, we, uh, we add it up, and at the end of the claim, like I said, we, we claim back from the, from the right action fund. If you, for example, have a medical aid and your medical aid papers cost, they will be entitled to recover that as well. The second thing that you would be able to claim for would be for any expenses incurred after the date of settlement. We refer to that as future medical expenses. Now, in terms of the Right Accident Fund Act, they will not give you money for that, but what they do give you, and it forms part of the ultimate settlement, an undertaking to reimburse you or your medical aid for medical expenses. So at that time, we would have sent you to maybe a list of specialists and they will compile a report indicating to us what expenses could be incurred or what expenses are foreseen in the future. And if you then, for example, have to go for an operation in five or ten years' time, the Road Accident Fund will give you that money back if you go for it. So that's the second category. The third one would be for what we refer to as general damages and those are the injuries themselves. That is a bit more complicated and difficult to prove because in terms of the road accident fund, as you can only claim for that if those injuries are considered to be serious. And when the road accident fund or the courts look at whether an injury is serious or not, they really look at how well you've recovered from those injuries and not necessarily what injuries are that you sustain in the motor vehicle itself, in the motor vehicle accident itself. If you recover well, you will probably not qualify in terms of that. Serious injury is defined in the Road Accident Fund Act as a brain damage or loss of a limb, paralysis, or in the case of a pregnant person, the loss of the fetus. But there is also an alternative test that really looks at, like I said, how well you've recovered from it and what effect it has on your day-to-day living. The fourth and the fifth categories that you can claim for are for your loss of earnings. If you are now unable to work as a result of the accident um, in the past and also in the future, if you can quantify that, you can claim that from the road accident fund. So that's basically just a, a summary of how you would go about and what it is that you can claim for. In your experience, what would you say are the main challenges when it comes to the negotiation process thereof um, in, in claims? Yeah. The Road Accident Fund is encouraging people to lodge claims with them directly. Yes. But in terms of, of the law society, well, the law society's opinion in South Africa is that no one should be able to solicit a, a claimant to, to come to them. Just like attorneys are not allowed to doubt, the Road Accident Fund is actually doing exactly the same thing. And, you know, that's like going to someone that owes you money to allow them to determine whether they're going to pay you and how much they're going to pay you and, you know, what the terms are under which they would pay you. It is important to remember that when you lodge a claim with the road accident funds, you can only claim from them once. So once a payment or once a matter is settled, you cannot go back to them in a few years' time if there are any additional problems or concerns that, and then re-raise that to them and expect them to make payment. When you appoint an attorney, you have an objective person that represents your interest um, it's a professional, and they are in a position to advise you on, on settlements. If you, if you just go back to what I said in regard to, for example, the merits, mm. uh, whether the offer that the Road Accident Fund would make is a good offer in regard to merits, and the same with the quantum. You know, we often find people coming to our offices saying, well, the Road Accident Fund, 50,000 rand, for example, 
in this matter. And when you look at the matter and when you examine the matter, you find out that it's a, a much bigger claim. Mm-hmm. And yet for a novice person and for a lot of people, 50,000 rand might sound like um, a, a big amount. So you do need a professional opinion. You do need someone to support you in this claim and advise you properly into what the proper um, way would be to investigate the matter, to prosecute the matter. And when it comes to settlement, of course, whether it, uh, whether it consists of adequate uh, compensation for your losses. And what do you say is, is what you've been, from your experience, what are the major challenges? Because we've noted that there's been tons of, lit- of litigation against the road accident fund. Um, so clearly there is difficulty when it comes to settlement. What would you say, what causes that? Yeah. Well, one of the main challenges is we need to get the road accident fund to acknowledge liability. In many, many cases, only by the time that we've issued summons against the road accident fund and we dragged into court, these matters um, start settling. And in the interim, you know, that takes sometimes three, five, three to five years before a matter like that can actually go to court. So one of the biggest challenges, of course, to get someone at the right accident front to have a look at your claim, to consider your claim, and to make a, a reasonable offer. And uh, that takes that takes a lot of a lot of time. Yeah. Okay, thank you, uh, Mr. Chris Smith. Um, um, that is the, the senior associate at the DSCR Tunis, and he specializes in road accident claims against the road accident fund. Um, thank you for your contribution this evening. You're more than welcome. Listening to Law Focus? Connect with VowFam88.1 on Twitter and Facebook. Be your own lawyer. Law Focus on VowFam88.1. Point of information. Welcome back to Law Focus. It's law and it's serious. Uh, you're still sitting with Basil Shirenda. On the line, we're speaking to Mr. Simon Zwani, who's a spokesperson of uh, the Road Traffic Management Corporation. Uh, Mr. Zwani, good evening. Uh, good evening, sir. Welcome. We wanted to speak about the ASTAR and, and road safety. So we want to know from the Road Traffic Management Corporation, what are your predictions about this year's ASTAR road accident and death tolls? We plan to reduce them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put in place plans to mobilize other sectors and stakeholders to come work with us on the roads. Mm. And we, mop- we do awareness campaigns with the communities, urging communities to also play their role and take responsibility whenever they are on the roads. And we obviously have a target in mind that we want to reduce the number of fatalities by. Uh, I mean, so from from your experience from the previous years, what would you say causes so large statistics in the country in terms of the death tolls? Well, the major contributing factor to the death tolls on the roads is behavior, driver behavior, the behavior of pedestrians. Mm. Uh, you can call it reckless behavior. There's, there's inconsiderate driving. Uh, there's also the use of alcohol uh, because we know from, from analysis that has been done that over 60% of people who die on the roads, they have excessive amounts of alcohol in their blood. Mm. So alcohol and, and you know, road use is very dangerous. It's the use of cell phones and the lack of use of the seatbelts also contribute quite considerably. I mean, uh, Mr. Mr. Zwani, um, as, as you have noted to us that... Uh, most people are, are careless and they don't use seat belts. You, you've spoken also about law enforcement. 
Um, what what are the improvements that have been made policy wise in that regard? You would know that we've been piloting on the ARTO, uh, the ARTO Act. We have also been piloting the new alcohol testing devices, which would speed up the prosecution of those people who are found driving under the influence of alcohol. We're seeking to introduce uh, that fertilizer that we that has been uh, used before to to prosecute because that shortens the time becomes unnecessary to then take people to to the doctor or to the hospitals who they are already burdened by other conditions just for the sake of, of taking blood for the for the prosecution of those people so with a new alcohol testing device we're able to use that evidence in court so these are the some of the things that have been introduced into introduced in the law enforcement sector to assist them in their work with people yeah uh, mr simon zwani what would your advice be to our road users this Easter? Our advice to the road users is to stop making excuses and take responsibility mm-hmm. uh, for their own lives on the road. The fact that you don't see traffic officers on the road is not an excuse to break the rules of the road. The fact that you are late for a meeting is not an excuse to speed. Mm-hmm. And we also saying to traffic officers they should not accept any excuses from motorists. Those who break the rules of the road, they must be prosecuted without fear of favor. Then we should not accept any excuses. It's a no-nonsense approach on the road over this period. And that was Mr. Simon Zwani, who's a spokesperson of the Road Traffic Management Corporation. And he says, buckle up and respect the law and do not make any excuses on the road for, for any reckless behavior. Mr. Simon Zwani, thank you for your contribution this evening. Thank you very much, sir. And it's still me, Basil Sharinda. It's law and it's serious. Uh, tweet us at VowFM, hashtag LawFocus. LawFocus, point, point of information. Welcome back, Law Focus listener, as we are about to wrap up our show for this evening. We were speaking about road accident fund, road accidents, and particularly your safety. The essence of this topic for this evening was your safety for this Easter weekend. Uh, we spoke uh, to uh, Offensa Kaupani, who's the, who's the direct claims manager there uh, from the road accident fund, and he sp- and he spoke about the difficulties that which the road accident fund deals with, particularly when it comes to compensation and establishing liability and some of the funds that they have to use to, to have to investigate the matter um, whenever someone says I was not drunk or whenever, whatever the case may be. In fact, the attorney, uh, the senior associate from DSC attorneys, that is Chris Smith, actually argued that uh, mo- most of the cases find themselves in court against the road accident fund purely because the road accident fund does not want to admit liability and because the statute is drafted in such a way that it always leads to litigation or it always leads to dispute resolution. Um, one of the difficulties that he highlighted there was that uh, people need lawyers whenever they have to settle out of court or whenever they need to settle for their compensation because sometimes they can settle for a small amount and they think that it's a lot, it's a lot, uh, whereas it's not really what they, they are due and payable in, in terms of the just and equitable uh, standard. Um, he also strug- we, we also struggled together and as he explained to us um, how damages are dealt with and he explained how difficult it is to claim for loss of amenities of life and so forth. But on the other hand, actually the direct claims manager often argued that you could actually uh, um, sue for 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 special damages uh, in the form of li- uh, loss of amenities if you can prove that while I was in his, in hospital I lost loss of earning and loss of support and so forth and 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 death 
but particularly when it comes to road uh, safety on the road, Road Traffic Management Corporation uh, spokesperson Simon Zwani was telling us that we need to buckle up, that we need to be safe. And South Af- my South African law focus listener, this evening I'm leaving you with that message. Please be safe on the road for this Easter weekend and please meet me again next week, 7pm right here. Your guardian of the law will still be speaking with the same voice. I mean, um, <laughs> that's all we have for this week on Law Focus. The show where we hand you your rights on a silver platter uh, with the show where we become the point of legal information. We do not struggle a lot uh, and that's why we bring you legal arguments straight to your ear. Thank you for joining us find us on social media at vowfm hashtag low focus the podcast will be available at journalism.co.za shortly and join us again next week 7 p.m uh <laughs> my producer Bulali Diakopu has done her best this week um and from me uh it's law it's serious and my name is Basil Shirinda good evening listening to law focus connect with vowfm 88.1 on twitter and facebook be your own lawyer law focus on vowfm 88.1 point of information law focus podcast